you're listening to Minority Retort. I'm Farah. And I'm Toby. Today we're talking about your film, Toby. That's right. We're talking about The Green Ray, also known as Summer Today. Just so you know, um, we should just put a spoiler alert in. We assume that you've watched all the movies that we talk about because we spoil the major plot details. If you haven't watched The Green Ray or Summer and you would like to, come back to us later. So The Green Ray is about a Parisian secretary called Delphine whose summer vacation doubles as an emotional winter. That's... Yeah, it's quite... That's Very poetic. intriguing. Yeah, no, it yeah. is, it is. It's a 1986 movie, um, and uh, it's by a guy called... Oh, it's directed by a guy called Eric Romer, who is a French filmmaker and probably one of my favorites. And I, I just... I really respond to the gentleness and the interesting discourse his movies have. People are always talking or discussing in his movies, and I just... I like that a lot. I saw this a while ago, and I was keen to check it out myself again. And what did you think? Um, what did I think? I totally see what you're saying, in that the movie has this sort of aura of gentleness. Mm. Very similar to Obvious Childs, I mm. think, in mm. that there is sort of this emotional core of a- appreciation or kind of love of humanity, mm-hmm. if you're going to take it to the like big, <laughs> big themes. Uh, at the same time, I found it a very infuriating film to watch mm. because Delphine is a very infuriating <laughs> character. You, you start off with a level of compassion for her as yeah. you would give to a normal protagonist. Mm-hmm. But by, you know, by the end, I was watching this with my partner again and we were just like, oh my God, you know, like get your act together. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping this discussion will kind of open me up yeah, to yeah. the oh, complexities well, of it. The thing is, though, is that your response to Delphine is probably my response to Delphine, which is... Oh, thank God. I thought I was well, the most evil person. Well, well, the thing is, at the same time, it, as much as I find her irritating i'm also i can resp- i can sort of relate to her quite a lot in the way that i yeah. found quite shocking initially so basically the movie is you know this this young lady from paris and it's her summer vacation so i'm guessing it's a couple of weeks you know and she's trying to figure out where to go where to spend it who to spend it with well it starts with her getting dumped, dumped. that's right which is like <laughs> obvious child <laughs> yeah which is very much like obvious child but not dumped in in a breakup uh, sense dumped no, no. her friends are yeah, like yeah i don't even know what happened her friends were just like oh we're gonna go on vacation without you mm. bye <laughs> you know it, well, i thought it was a cancel I thought that uh, that that someone had something had come up and then the trip to the trip to Greece was not going to happen anymore. Oh no! I think I mean what I remember from the mm. film is she said, "Oh, you're going to go without me then." Right. She says that over the phone. So I think they actually ditched her. And at first you're like, "Why oh. would they do that?" And then you kind of see that she's very annoying <laughs> to go <laughs> to go on vacation I, I didn't with. Think maybe about that, that was yeah, it. maybe I didn't think about it that way. I didn't think about mm. maybe everything around her is a reflection of who she is. And well, did I just blow your mind? Maybe, maybe you did. Maybe you did blow my mind. What came to your mind when you were watching this movie? What were the themes that you struck you most? It actually subversively talked a little bit about class. It was a very gentle critique mm. of Delphine's way of life and that she has sort of the money and the time to do anything she wants. Yeah. And very much like La Aventura, mm. um, she, her, her problem is what do I do with my time now that I have it yeah, and, yeah. I, and I have everything at my feet yeah, yeah. What, um, and yet I still want something. What, mm. is a, what, what happens when someone's in that position? Mm. And I think it's actually quite accurate. All those things that you crave sort of lose meaning mm. and life sort of loses meaning because you don't know what you're striving for anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I totally relate because right now I'm on a little <laughs> vacation myself okay. and it's, it's amazing how when you don't actually have many responsibilities how oppressive that can be sometimes. Mm, mm. Um, um, and then and I also think it's sort of an exploration of singleness and mm. loneliness right. um, and what it means to find companionship. Mm. And definitely it's also about sort of depression. I yeah. mean, it has to be. Yeah. She's is in a very deep sense of sort of inertia, yeah, yeah. which is frustrating to watch, but also very much relatable if you've ever experienced that. Yeah, yeah. 
did you pick up in similar things? Yeah, basically, basically. I mean, I guess the most the most obvious thing was we are in, one was mind. inertia. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> we are the same person. This is just me changing my voice. It's very good. I mean, <laughs> we sound very, very different. Uh, inertia is a big thing for me because she is unwilling to change. I've been in her position. I mean, I I've probably still am in many ways. I know what it's like to to see where you are <clears throat> and see where you should be. And, where you, and how you should get there, but at some for some reason decide that. But why? Why should I change? You know, or I mean, it's too difficult. Or I've tried before. Yeah. And actually, there's one scene where she has a confrontation with a friend who says explicitly, "You don't, you don't want to change, do you?" Towards the end of the movie, her frustration actually becomes inwardly focused. I think she starts to realize how difficult it is for her to put herself in a state of mind where she can actually alter something. You know, even if it's the way she behaves, it's probably m- most obvious in the scene which is kind of weird it's a weird scene which is it's kind of lame scene actually it's a scene where she's with the the Swedish girl and those two dudes point that when she's in the company of these people who are just being completely mindless in their interaction she she just doesn't know how to be that way she doesn't know how to just let Mm. herself go and just even if it's meaningless even if it has no outcome because the point is that she may never see these guys again. This might be the only interaction. They may go out tonight and just yeah. have a little fun and that's it. I'm, I'm on both mm. sides, right? Yeah. Because I've definitely been in situations and definitely when you have some degree of social anxiety, mm. when you don't enjoy just talking to people for mm. the sake of talking to people. Yeah. I mean, our, our interactions are meaningless. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was a teenager, and I feel like she is very much sort of the embodiment of yeah. teenage angst in a way yeah, because yeah. I totally was like, I don't do small talk. And now I've grown up a bit. I've seen that, you know, small talk isn't that bad. Maybe it's a way to get to know someone. You know, you don't, who cares if you're talking about nothing? Hmm. She doesn't have that sort of consciousness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can relate to her. And and I think that's also the case when we saw that scene where she's not eating meat. So she's around a table and they've made this whole barbecue (laughs) and there's literally nothing as a vegan. Definitely, I've been in situations like that. Yeah. And she gives this speech about why she doesn't eat animals. And it's sort of like, it's kind of like, you know, that she cares about animals. But at the same time, it's also like very highfalutin. Like, oh, the just the taste and the feel of it. I just couldn't eat it. It's simultaneously, you know, I'm like, go for it. Express yeah. yourself and be yourself. Right. But at the same time, you're alienating everybody right. around you right, in, the, right. in the way you're presenting it. <laughs> the mm-hmm. director creates a constant back and forth between the viewer and the character where mm-hmm. you're just desperately trying to like her. Mm-hmm. But she just pushes you away right. that little bit too much. And the same maybe. way she does other people, perhaps. Exactly. And I think it's such a mirror. Like, he's just created this mirror of mm-hmm. interaction between viewer and character and character and character within mm-hmm. the movie. So tell me, at the end of the movie, she she meets someone, maybe? Mm-hmm. I, I've always wondered to myself, what happened? Okay, so the whole movie is structured around her trying to find someone. And people are basically foisted on her. And also, in the same way, vacations are foisted on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also this sort of mythology of, of the green ray coming through mm-hmm. in the, throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. Yeah, so yeah. she sees a green playing card. Mm-hmm. That just, that's the queen of spades. Mm-hmm. And then she sees another playing card, which is the king of hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sees, like, green everywhere. She mm-hmm. sees a shop called the Green Ray. And so finally, after a sort of movie of inertia she goes and sees this man she mm-hmm. chases this man mm-hmm. and gets him to go watch the sunset and mm-hmm. you see the green ray which is sort of like the color the sun turns right when mm-hmm. it hits the horizon mm-hmm. that's an interesting point that you bring up I was going to bring up those things yeah 
because um, one of the things I was thinking about was this movie was fate. Yeah. One's belief in fate. And I think that one of her one of her problems is her inability to engage with people socially comes from the fact that she doesn't realize that there's no other way that she can create a social network or, or a relationship without actually creating it from the ground up. She kind of expects that someone will walk into her life. Yes, exactly. She has this fatalistic approach to life. She sees these cars on the ground. She sees the green ray. She sees, she's, and, and it's funny, when, mm. when she first hears about the green ray, she's intrigued. By, yes. She's intrigued by it and by the fact that, you know, when it happens, Apparently, you may be able to um, have a, a great insight into yourself and the, other, and the person you're with. I think she's she's attracted to the idea, and I think the whole movie is her battling fate, battling this idea that fate may not really have that much of a part to play, and that she is responsible for everything that happens to her, including her loneliness or her lack of loneliness. And at the end of the movie, I think I don't think she's any freer internally. I don't think she's any more open to people. I think it's just at the point where she feels that everything is pointed towards perhaps this moment. So I wonder if she's actually gotten what she wants, or she got she's gotten what she thinks she yeah. is the world supposed to give her at this point in time that's such a good encapsulation mm. of it because mm. I mean I was kind of equating it to sort of this childish sensibility teenage mm. sensibility mm-hmm. where it's kind of like I want everything to be my way um, I'm not going to change and <laughs> also this idea that it's kind of like a reflection of what women are meant to think like the, there's going to be some sort of knight in shining yeah. armor yeah, to yeah. come in and, yeah. and, t- and take me away yeah. somebody else is going to come in and just solve all my problems yeah, yeah. but at the same time you're right in that it it's also you could also see it as sort of somebody who is moving through life and wants life to happen to her mm, mm. and doesn't enjoy being sort of forced into yeah, certain yeah. situations. And right. so the way they meet is in a train, the final guy. So she gets on, goes on dates with a number of exactly. guys. Um, but this is the, sort of the final guy. They meet at a train station. He, he was just arriving. Yeah, exactly. She was just about to yeah, leave. Exactly, exactly. And he goes with her just like an obvious child kind of. He goes with her sort of silliness. Exactly, exactly. He goes and watches the sun hit the horizon and they see the green ray together. I mean, that's how the movie ends. Mm. Maybe that's almost something to appreciate, you know, like Mm. somebody, I mean, that's how we want to go through the world is Mm. letting the world happen to us rather Mm. than sort of anxiously trying to get the world to do what we want it to do. Right, right. At the end of the movie, there's no suggestion that anything will come of what of, of this relationship she's trying to instigate or create. I mean, maybe he's into her, maybe he's not. You know, maybe he wants just something Maybe he wants and, to just have sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very likely that's what he wants, you know. And, and she obviously wants more. And I think the problem is that her fatalism is going to put her in these situations over and over again you know so what do you think about the style of the movie i'd be interested to hear what you think mm-hmm. i thought it was very beautiful i thought her i mean the clothes they wear and the way it's set up and the way it's shot i mean i was salivating <laughs> over her wardrobe it was sort of like an unjudgmental lens i mm-hmm. would say yeah. it was just sort of as if you were watching somebody at a cafe and sort of almost unengagedly mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. just watching and mm-hmm. seeing what will happen mm-hmm. um, and now we brought up fate I mean it's a pretty good connection between style and meaning yeah that's why I like the movie so much and that's that's kind of like why I like this guy's movies is because to represent fate in a movie mm-hmm. it usually requires you to construct something and the movie is mm-hmm. a construct it, the way it's structured is it's not just a camera that's just set there and follows her. It actually cuts up her her, her travels, her, her, her summer into little blocks, and it, it, it does throw these things at her that she can find. It's almost like a fairy tale in many ways. That nature of the film, plus the visual style, the very um, unadorned visual style, usually natural lighting, um, not much fuss, not much cutting. No, um, not, lo- not lots yeah, of close-up exactly, shots of exactly, people's reactions. Exactly. So yeah. the mixture of that, of the very, very loose and artless almost, with the very structured and preordained I was kind of weirdly geeking out in the movie uh, <laughs> I, but anyway that, that's that's how I felt um, and also discussion there's a lot of discussion 
people just discussing stuff. Like me, is this something that you don't see much of in movies? Because I see people talk about stuff in movies, but I don't see discussion where people just mull yeah. over things. Absolutely, you're so right. I mean, I'm j- I'm thinking of that scene in Notting Hill, yeah. um, which is not at all a direct parallel, mm-hmm. but you have the shot of people around the table. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. that scene? Yeah, but you're right. Like, you don't see just people talking without sort of any intention or meaning mm-hmm. or sort of explicit intention or meaning behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. to make a point, but... Yeah. Like in the discussion around vegetarianism, I don't know where her vegetarianism comes in <laughs> to anything in the plot. Yeah, like, is she yeah, maybe it's m- yeah. supposed to cement the idea of her as a free yeah, spirit or yeah. a hippie? The fact that she's got this view, which is not shared by most people on the table, that gives her a forum to display the way she approaches humans mm-hmm. and people socially. Because you can you can make yourself known and express yourself in a way that is not alienating yes. and she almost seemed attacked without being attacked. She, yes. It's almost like she didn't understand why she was vegetarian. She had no real explanation i mean i think she did have sort of a passionate explanation okay. but she, did she believe it yeah i mean there was definitely some sort of insecurity yeah, in that yeah, you yeah. know where she she just kept talking and talking <laughs> that would be my worst nightmare because that gives vegetarian i mean vegetarians are already so sort yeah, of like yeah. ridiculed well, uh, in mainstream yeah. culture that it just was like complete I, I wondered why he made that decision because it was such a complete sort yeah, of like reinvigorating yeah. of that stereotype yeah. but at the same time that was very much framed among a sort of discussion among mm. friends mm. Um, and family. Mm. And he did that. I mean, it wasn't just as if there was a short lead up yeah. and then suddenly she starts ranting. Yeah. It really was like they were sitting around the table. Yeah. They started talking, um, panning to each person in the table. Yeah. Like they were just discussing. And then suddenly she hits you out of nowhere <laughs> with this like awful speech. All the movie was that lived in. And yeah. I'm just curious to know whether this is something from her experience that she brought in or whether she decided mm. that this character was vegetarian. This movie's infuriating because you don't know what there, I'm, I'm just dying to know what the director and the actress's attitude towards the character was. Mm. Were they compassionate? I think so. I mean, were I they compassionate in the face of her infuriating nature? It's, it's compassionate in the sense that it allows her to be herself, but she judges herself. The movie is structured in a way that, or it's shot in a way that it feels like it's being removed. It feels like there's no one who's really coming in and saying, this is how you are. This is what I'm going to portray you as. Mm. It's not like they use low angles to make it look powerful or, or high angles to make it look... It's just straight on, you know? Mm. So the, the, the way the film's framed doesn't really judge her much. Mm-hmm. She judges herself through the way she behaves, you know? So it's like, it's, as you said, the film's like a mirror and after a period of time, the character will basically give a, give a, a judgment on herself. And that's what I think the movie does. The film itself being just this very static and un, un, non-judgmental medium has over the course of 90 minutes come to give a clear idea of what it thinks about her and how she sees herself as well which, which is, is what which is that i think you, it's, it's I, mean, frust- I think it's really one of exasperation you yeah know? i think the movie is exasperated Absolutely. by her you know and because I mean, he can't escape. <laughs> she's exasperated by herself more than anyone to be honest i mean i must say that i don't think she's less frustrated with herself than i am i i found i couldn't tell if she was frustrated with herself. i totally felt that she was frustrated by herself but i like the way she cried the way she cries yeah. To me, it looks like someone who is crying because she just doesn't understand why the fuck she's like this. Yes, absolutely. You know, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think that gives me at least a little bit more compassion for her mm. because if she's frustrated with herself, then maybe that's a step towards yeah. sort of yeah, but, improvement. But then take it out on yourself. Don't, I mean, Don't take it out uh, on other yeah, people. Yeah, and, and, and she like, definitely does. Like I mean, that's why. I mean, that's why she's infuriating. I'm not, I don't find depression intrinsically infuriating, no. but... I know that people have been infuriated with me and I find it difficult when you're trying to help someone and they yeah. don't give you anything back and they're yeah. resisting. Yeah. Um, and to see that again and again and again, yeah. it kind of, I mean, in a, in a nice way, it kind of forces you to have compassion for that yeah. state. Yeah, and yeah. 
really all you can do is sort of watch and wait and hope that they yeah. will bring themselves out of it. You're right. You could say, oh, the character doesn't change, but I think it's the kind of movie which can be more useful to the viewer than it, it is to the character within it. It's, it spends so much time with this character that if you see things about yourself in it, mm. in this character of, of Delphine, I, I think it'll be hard to walk away and not at least have a, a, a thought or two about how you behave. Poor Delphine might not change, but maybe someone else will out there. It's definitely, that's such a nice thought to end on yeah. one thing let's so we're not let's, gonna we're not gonna no, end on that beautiful no, no, note yeah just this is this is just a funny aside but not really funny but mansplaining <laughs> what has is that, term, is that a term you're aware of uh yes yeah. and it happens to me all the time it happens in this movie when Remember the scene where they're talking about the green ray and the mechanics of it and they're sitting around as a group of women and then there's one woman with a husband and oh my God, there's, I don't the, there's a lady who explains you know what the green ray is and how it occurs and why it occurs and she asks him hey, do you know about the green ray are you familiar with it and he yeah. he stands up and he stands in front of them all and he gives them a lecture about it and I find it so hilarious you know because wow. do you remember that you don't remember it no and I, he's, for he's some explaining, reason it didn't make I mean maybe I was so frustrated with <laughs> so many of the men in this yeah, movie yeah, that I, yeah. eventually I was like yeah. uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Just well, he's one of them. He's one of them in the way, you know. He <laughs> tries to explain, but he doesn't understand the science of it either because it's clear. <laughs> you know, the woman who was talking about it before knows more about it than he does. And, but he goes, he gets up and on his little pedestal, his male pedestal, and starts talking. How I wonderful. just find it funny. Yeah. And what do you think was the director's attitude towards him? As with this film, I think there's very little you can see very quickly because of the way the film's shot and the way it's staged and the way mm. the rhythm of it. It's hard to determine any clear opinion that the film or the filmmakers behind it have. But, you know, you have like a five minute scene of these women talking about the Green Ray and then some dude comes and explains the same thing again. Like he, he doesn't say anything new, and so in that sense, yep, that's in that sense, you, it's hard to not think to yourself, what is he saying, and what is he adding to this conversation? Because he hasn't. I, I don't know if the film is just saying this is this character and that's how he is or if it's making a statement I don't think it actually is very concerned with men even though she is really getting over a breakup mm-hmm. and trying to find someone yeah. it's actually very <laughs> unconcerned with who she ends up with yeah yeah, you yeah know? that's right yeah. which makes it sort of it's not even a necessarily an overtly feminist movie though I, I you can make the case that it is mm. very much sort of taking a woman's experience and making it about sort of the human experience mm. which just as Obvious Child did mm. as we talked about last week is quite a it's pretty refreshing yeah, actually so, so what, next, what week, next week uh, it's my choice we'll yeah. be talking about 500 days of summer which is insane that you haven't seen it i know because i've heard so much about it and i think they maybe may play into uh, yeah you were just why. like i don't want to well not because i, I didn't i just thought there's some other things i want to watch i'll probably come around to it eventually and i did all right so um, we'll be talking about 500 days of summer next week yep. you can go to our website minority retort podcast.com and you'll see a backlog of all our podcasts and you can contact us and engage with us um we'd love to hear from you yeah yes, we definitely would All right. Uh, Bye, guys.